You are listening to I Love the Holy Ghost with Dr. Pat Harrison. We've been talking about uh, peace on our podcast, and today we're going to continue talking about that. Today we're going to talk about circumstantial versus sustaining peace. You know, Jesus offers more than hope. Unlike the peace the world offers, his peace depends solely upon himself, the unchanging, eternal, all-powerful one. His peace is not dependent uh, upon outward circumstances. The world delivers circumstantial peace, which is based on needs being met or on good uh, circumstances surrounding us in our lives. For instance, ministers can express experience circumstantial peace when their churches are doing well, their attendance is up, their Bible schools are well-funded, and their incomes are adequate. Another example of circumstantial peace is when we have lots of money in the bank or when we get good medical reports from the doctor. Circumstantial peace is fleeting or temporary because it is shattered by the intrusion of the unknown or the unwanted. For instance, someone might ask for prayer for peace and receive it, but that peaceful feeling will only last a short period of time if that person tries to find it on a circumstantial level. In other words, one can feel the peace of God and receive it as long as one's circumstances look fine and good and okay. The peace of Jesus is not based on circumstances or feelings. It's based on his person, his character, and his nature. The eternal, unchanging, trustworthy, faithful, and all-powerful Son of God. Hallelujah. In the midst of fiery trials, he tells us not to let our hearts be troubled. His peace is a Christ-centered serenity that is established upon the absolutes of his word. And you know, that's one of the problems we have in the world today is this attitude of there's no absolutes. But there is absolutes in the word of God. And uh, it is in what we establish in our hearts and in our lives is absolute if it's established upon the word of God. And, uh, you know, in the world, you know, there will always have trouble, we'll always have trouble, sometimes distressing times, chaotic times, and uncontrollable circumstances. But we cannot let our peace depend on circumstances. It must depend solely on the presence of God. It's just like I told you in the last podcast, you know, when my husband passed, uh, that circumstance could have just robbed me of my peace totally. But Jesus made me aware of his peace, and I made the decision that I, I want this peace. I'm going to keep this peace because it is the presence of God, and I'm staying in his presence. So we can have peace at all times. You know, Jesus said it was good that he would go away because another comforter would come as his place. And that comforter is the Holy Spirit. And he is our comforter. He is our advocate. He is our standby. He is God's agent for maintaining peace in our lives. 
we can walk in peace and maintain it in our lives when we choose to dwell on the promises of God rather than our circumstances. When fear and anxiety and doubt or unbelief attacks us, we must make the decision, decision either, either to practice the absence or the presence of God in our lives. And I know it's possible to experience his peace every day regardless of circumstances or feelings. Why? Because I practice God's presence and peace every day. <laughs> and that's what we must do. We must, you know, sometimes people think practice is a bad word. Practice is a very good word because it's in that practice that you learn and you excel in what you desire. And so when you practice the presence of the Lord, then you're going to learn from him and you're going to excel in him because you're practicing his presence and walking in his presence and listening to him. And as you do that, then you stay uh, totally peaceful in your life. Hallelujah. You know, as parents of three children, my husband and I learned uh, to rely on the Lord as we raised them, particularly when they became teenagers and started driving and going out on their own. Because, you know, they're, they're excited, you know, they're free. They can drive, they can go wherever they want. However, they do have rules and regulations that their parents have given to them. <laughs> and I can remember one night, one of our children missed uh, the curfew. And, you know, in those days, we didn't have cell phones, so we couldn't call or text or find out what was going on. And after about 30 minutes past curfew, you know, we were getting a little anxious and upset. <laughs> uh, you know, and I had all these thoughts running through my mind of what could happen to my child, and, and it was trying to produce fear and worry and anger. <laughs> but the moment I realized my emotions were trying to take over, I started praying in the Holy Spirit. And I began refusing those wrong thoughts and said to the Lord, Lord, you know where my child is. You know what's going on. I trust you and ask you to help her and me. And I started praising and thanking him for his protection and peace. And I began quoting the promises from his word concerning my children. And the moment I did that, you know, his peace just rose up on the inside of me and came out of me and over me. It was as if someone had wrapped me in a warm blanket. I was aware of his presence and his peace. My emotions, emotions immediately calmed, and then I could think clearly. And as my husband prayed in the spirit, the same thing happened to him. And so then after we got in peace, we began to pray again in the spirit. And uh, as we prayed, this time in peace, the Lord showed us exactly what had been going on, and he assured us that our child would be home soon. And not long after that, we heard the outside, outside door open. <laughs> and this child was trying to enter the house quietly, hoping we were asleep. That hope was dashed as my husband opened our bedroom door and said, you need to come in here, please. And he calmly said to her, I can see that you're trying to think up something to say, but before you lie, let me tell you where you were, what you were doing, and why you were late. Because my husband and I did not allow our emotions, the fleshly carnal man, to rule, we were able to handle the situation 
and the necessary discipline by the wisdom of God, which produce peace in our home and in our children's lives. <clears throat> Excuse me, had we allowed our emotions to rule, which is very easy for parents to do, we could have made the situation worse and harmed our relationship with our child and possibly the child's relationship with the Lord. Then the next morning, we sat down with all of our children, reviewed the situation, and explained how we prayed and trusted in the Lord. And that circumstance became a testimony to our children of God's love, care, and capabilities. And because my husband and I chose to follow after peace, we prayed and trusted God, then we chose to obey his instruction. The choices we make will decide whether or not we have peace. <laughs> will we receive this gift from God and fight to maintain it, or will we, be, will we become victims of circumstances? As we walk in the presence and promises of Jesus, his peace does permanently abide in us. He is our quietness, our rest, and our tranquility of heart and mind. And just as we say those words and just, just uh, talk about his peace, there is a quietness, there is a rest, and there is a tranquility that we are aware of. Why? Jesus' peace is not the absence of trouble, but his peace is his presence in the midst of turmoil and trouble when our circumstances and minds and lives seem out of control. John 14, 27 said what? Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Notice that peace is the first word that Jesus says in this verse. And it's also the subject of the sentence. Therefore, he is placing the emphasis on peace. And if we read this in context, we realize that Jesus is preparing his disciples for, his, for what is yet to come, his betrayal and crucifixion. He wanted to assure his disciples that in the midst of trials, they could have peace. Also notice one other thing that Jesus told them in this verse. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Jesus was warning them to refuse anxiety and fear. Maintaining his peace was their responsibility, even in the midst of troubles. So we can read that again. Do not let your hearts be troubled. So what he's saying is you do not let your hearts be troubled and you do not be afraid. So we can refuse the anxiety and the fear and maintain his peace. It is our responsibility in the midst of trouble to not let our hearts be troubled and not be afraid. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in, th trusteth in thee. And the New Revised Standard Version translates it this way. Those of steadfast mind, you keep in peace, in peace because they trust in you. One commentary says it this way. In the midst of difficulties and stress, God will keep those in true peace and spiritual well-being whose mind, including thoughts, impulses, and tendencies, are unshakable and undeviating because they trust in God. 
and the World Bible Commentary states it this way, from a dependent attitude you form peace. Peace when one's confidence is in you, Father God. <laughs> to walk in Jesus' peace requires us to focus all of our thoughts, our impulses, and our tendencies on Him. We have to be totally dependent on Him. A dependent attitude speaks of a willing and teachable heart, not a willful, willful or rebellious one. Uh, it is a prerequisite for someone who is trusting God. If we are going to trust God, we have to depend on Him. If we're going to depend on Him, we have to trust Him. Trust and dependence are the key ingredients to peace. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which trans uh, transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And the Rotherham Bible translates it this way, And the peace of God, which rises above every mind, yeah, in other words, it rises above your mind, and then another translation reads, which surpasses every human conception. So the God to whom we pray and offer thanksgiving, whose ways are higher than our ways, is totally trustworthy. His peace accompanies our prayers and comes because prayer is an expression of, the, of trust. We do not need to have life all figured out in order to trust him. We trust him because we can't figure things out, and he's the only one who has perfect knowledge. We must willingly surrender everything to him and refuse to pick up what we have turned over to him. Then the peace of God will work in our lives. You notice I said we must willingly surrender everything to him and refuse to pick up what we have turned over to him. In other words, you trust in him and you don't pick it up again and try to figure it out. You just totally trust in him. I've given the youth this to you, Father God, and I totally trust you. And I know you know what to do and how to cause things to happen as you desire. So uh, sustaining peace is based on a constant hope in an understanding of the promises of God. When we set our eyes on other things, we lose, fo we lose focus. We lose hope and we lose peace. Uh, the Apostle Paul told the Colossians in Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And I like how the message translates this verse. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. So we're not to ignore, ignore circumstances and pretend they don't exist. Instead, we are to see them from Jesus' point of view. Our job is to focus on Jesus, the living word of God, and point others to him. Circumstances are temporal. They are subject to change at any moment, and only God and his word are eternal and unchanging. We cannot depend on circumstances to give us lasting peace. Sustaining peace can only be found in the presence of the eternal, unchanging God Almighty. He wants us to have it. And Hebrews 6.18 says, So God has given us both, given us both his promise and his oath. 
These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God, God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can take new courage, for we can hold on to his promise with confidence. <laughs> Hallelujah. The two unchangeable things are the promises of God, for it is impossible for God to lie, and the oath by which God's promise is confirmed. Our hope and sustained peace is fixed after the eternal order of God. In God's order, his promises are made in perpetuity to his people. They have been secured for believers by Jesus Christ. How often in difficult times have we heard someone say, I need hope. I feel unsettled. So much is going on. What will happen if? How many times have we surrendered our peace to if? <laughs> John Calvin, the reformist of the 18th century, wrote, As the anchor joins the vessel with the earth, so the truth of God is a bond that connects us with him. Thus, when united to God, though we struggle with storms, we are still beyond the peril of shipwreck. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> In Psalm 119, 105 says, The Lord is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And the Fenton translation reads, Lights my steps and enlightens my paths. Another translation says, says Ever shining on my way. The psalmist makes an excellent point in this verse. A lamp is used at night. A light, sun, shines in the day. Then the word covers both situations. We must always focus on God's truth when our paths are uncertain. The Lord will show us the way. We love to give formulas for solving our problems. Six steps to this or 12 steps to that. But when our peace is threatened, our focus is blurred and we forget all about those steps. The Lord will always light our paths. Hallelujah. In times of uncertainty, we need to rely on God's truth. <laughs> the word we uh, read last year will not sustain us in a current trial or storm. Just as we need to walk life's path daily, we must also be shining or applying the light of God's word to that path every day. That light, which is God's word in the darkness of uncertainty, is a light for our feet, a sure direction for our next steps. Why do we need God's light if we have natural light? The Word is the clarifying presence of God in every decision we make. We must base our decisions totally on His Word, which leads us and directs us, or directs our thoughts to Him. And when we walk in the light, we will be directed by His Word, drawn into His presence, sustained by His feet, a peace, and filled with his hope. Huh. The storms of life may come, but we will have sustaining peace. Why? Because we are anchored to an immovable object, the throne of God. We will be held fast by his presence, his peace, and his word. Hallelujah. Thank God that we can be held fast by his presence, his peace, and his word. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this day as we spoke forth your word, that revelation came to those listening, Father, and understanding 
and they're able to maintain the peace of God in their life because they walk in the light of the word and therefore they are established. I give you praise for that and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to I Love the Holy Ghost with Dr. Pat Harrison. For more information, go to patharrisonministries.org.